0: and find grace to help in time of need. Well, thank you ever so much for your, for your invitation. I really, really am thrilled uh, to be here with you. Uh, we have so many interconnections as churches, and uh, which is good because it means I can, I can really get on with what I really want to talk about. Which is the Lord Jesus Christ. I, I, want, I want to point us all uh, to Him afresh. And I, and I hope that um, any of us who are wavering in our faith, which was, uh, they, were in, they were in danger of drifting back into what they, they used to believe and do before they became Christians. If any of us in that similar position, for whatever reason, that looking again at the Lord Jesus this morning will will make us resolve to to stand firm and follow Jesus closely. Um, And I I hope that um, for any of those of us who are feeling strong in faith will just rejoice (laughs) to be reminded of how great our Savior is uh, and build up our strength and cement our faith really firmly for the difficult days which very likely will come for all of us. But also, if yet a believer in the Lord Jesus, um, hopefully I can show you some of the real distinctives of Christianity. If you if you believe in God but are kind of comparing different religions or faiths or ways to, to perhaps try to know Him, hopefully I can show you what is so very very special about the Lord Jesus, and that you will resolve to trust in Him even this morning. That would be tremendous. Um, So we're going to be looking at uh, Hebrews 4, verses um, 14 to 16. A few days before Christmas, my wife Kate and I went up to London by train and um, did a a walk around some of the best Christmas lights of London. It was nearly six miles walk. And towards the end of it, we we did a detour um, to look at uh, the ice skaters at... Uh, Somerset House, and we stood on the edge watching, and it was all colored, lit with coloured lights and all that. And you know, there were some people who were holding onto the rail at the edge and and hardly moving at all, uh, and there were others who were just gliding around backwards, forwards, sideways, weaving in and out of everybody else, looking as if you know they they'd done it for years. They'd probably had. And there were others who were just kind of plodding along, hardly, hardly gliding well, and other people holding on to each other as they went around to try to keep, to keep upright. And in some ways we can compare our, maybe one of those positions. Maybe like Kate and me actually standing on the ice, brave enough to, to go on the ice. But maybe some really feeling very insecure. Maybe some really strong. Maybe some holding on to somebody else for, for help. Well, let's make sure we're all not overconfident in ourselves, but all holding on firmly to the Lord Jesus Christ. So I've entitled this talk, Hold Fast, Draw Near, because of the two um, exhortations that there are in front of us. Uh, Verse 14, let us hold fast our confession. And in verse 16, let us then with with confidence, draw near to the throne of hold fast, you confess faith, you say you believe in Jesus. well, hold on to it, hold on to that, don't don't waver, don't give up, don't don't doubt. Um, but also draw near with confidence to God, speak to him because he and he really does understand and sympathize with our needs. so I, I want to concentrate on on Jesus. Um, when we're in trouble. Um, we often think about ourselves a lot, look inwards. Let's uh, let's hold on to our faith, the faith we profess, and let's trust in the Lord Jesus. First of all, then who who Jesus is and where he is from verse fourteen. Well, first of all, we see that it, I want to point out he was called Jesus. Uh, we all read probably Christmas services, Matthew one twenty one. You all call him Jesus. Because he will save his people from their sins. Jesus is his earthly name. It's his human name. There were other people around at the time who were called Jesus, and there are, in some countries, it's quite a popular name still today. Um, more popular in Britain is Joshua, which of course is the, the same name, really. The the Hebrew version of the of the English version, Hebrew version of the Greek <laughs> version, whose English version is Jesus. Um, uh, means the Lord saves, that's what the name means. But it was his earthly name. he was given to him at his conception. Uh, announced by the angels, called him that and to- told that the parents should call him Jesus. So, so let, that reminds us, doesn't it, that the one we're holding on to, the one we're believing in, is a person. It's not just a philosophy, it's not a concept, it's not just a moral code, as in, but it's a person. It's a real person, a human being, Jesus, the man who lived on on earth. But not only that, he is also described in in that verse as the Son of God. This is his divine identity. He he came from heaven to earth. The Word was made flesh. The eternal Son of God became the earthly human Jesus. Man and God at the same time. If we we read Hebrews 1 verse 3, he's described in this way. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sin of the majesty on high. That is the faith about which we speak But he is a human person who is also at the same time the glorious divine person who is holding the whole universe together. So if you feel you're about to fall apart, you feel about you're about to fall down, hold on to the profession of your faith in the one who is a person and who is actually holding the whole universe together. So you're a bit lighter than that. Trust in trust in him, he is the absolutely perfect person to trust in. Um, going back to summer set house skaters. <laughs> if someone was in trouble, the last person who should rescue them would be me. I, we'd all we'd just make a heap on the floor, on the ice together. You need someone who is good at the job, who is strong, but also someone who is sympathetic, who is prepared to maybe give up their whole session on the ice just to go round with you. Well, isn't that sort of a tiny, tiny version of what Jesus did for us? The Lord of glory. The express image of God, the outshining of the person of God gave his life so that he could spend time holding you up and rescuing you and saving you. He is the perfect to make atonement for the sins of the people. He couldn't actually do that. Uh, um, he wasn't powerful enough. But it was symbolic of what the Lord Jesus would later do. When he went through the heavens, the perfect one who actually did make um, atonement for our sins in the presence of his Father, with his own blood with his own death the price of his own life given for us to rescue us he really can lead us to God because he didn't just go through an earthly model of heaven but he went through the heavens themselves and is now seated on the right hand of the majesty on high here is one to trust him here is not just a, a skating instructor standing at the side Shouting out how to do it, how to keep upright, how to move, how to not sit down when you don't want to. But here is someone who got onto the ice with that trial. He was overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. And he, he, he sweated over it. Uh, and we're told it was all his sweat his, what was almost like drops of blood. He sweated so hard. He really knew agony in temptation and testing. I don't know what level of te- testing you generally give in at. I kind of like it, it in a way to torture, you know? I mean, you know, if you put yourself in James Bond's position or, or one of James Bond's glamorous assistants position, <clears throat> some of us, I reckon, I'm probably me, myself included, as soon as the word torture was mentioned I'd say, what do you want to know? the longer you say, I'm not going to give in, the greater the pain becomes. It's a bit like that with temptation, isn't it? If you give in as soon as the temptation appears, you never find out what it's like to resist. You never find out how hard it gets, how big the struggle is. Well, Jesus never, never sinned, we're told. He was tempted like we are, but without sin. So he felt the full 100% experience of testing and trial and temptation and never gave in. He knows what it is like, actually, even more than we do, really. He understands. He feels it. He felt it. And in chapter 2, verse 18, the writer has already said this, For because himself, he himself has suffered when he tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. And that word there, um, suffered, don't want to to become too technical here, but the tense that's used there in the Greek um, original is one that that suggests to us that, yes, he did suffer in the past, but he still knows what it feels like. He hasn't forgotten. It's not all over and done with for him, and he's moved on. He suffered, and he still knows what it feels like now to have suffered like he did. So we, what is he like? What is he like? We do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. A bit of a double negative there. What it means is this. We do have a high priest who is able to sympathize with our weaknesses. He, he, he does know. To agonize over the will of God. He's not like a poor boy who had grew up with absolutely no advantages in life and who made it with his own strength and overcame and has no sympathy for other people because he says, well, look, I did it. Look where I came from. Hard work. That's what gets you there. No sympathy for other people who are struggling to get along. No, he's the exact opposite of that. He is the prince of heaven. The rich one. Full of privilege. Power. Glory. majesty. Opportunity, if you can use such a word for an eternal God, who came to this world specifically to help, who came into this world to become poor, specifically so he could suffer and die to rescue people who could not do it for themselves. Here is the really sympathetic, deliberately suffering deliberately understanding savior do you need do you need him do you need him please say yes i need you i really really need you so let's let's move on finally to verse 16 and let us with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find help find grace to help in time of need what jesus what Jesus offers. His throne, as we saw from chapter 1, is a throne of majestic power and glory. But it is also a throne of grace, where he dispenses grace and mercy. It's a little contrived, this, but if you want to distinguish between mercy and grace, a kind of a helpful way of thinking about it is to say, well, mercy is not giving us what we do deserve. The punishment we do deserve, the rejection that we do deserve. And grace is giving us what we don't deserve. Welcome, love, forgiveness, peace, security. And as we hold on to the faith we profess, or as we hold on to the person whom we profess to trust, the Lord Jesus then we can approach boldly the throne of glory and of grace and of mercy to find the help that he offers. But we must approach as failures, confidently asking for mercy and for grace. So we don't come to, to boast about ourselves or to brag about ourselves. You know, you don't do that at the throne of mercy and of grace. You've gone to the wrong place if you want to boast or brag. We don't go to say, "Oh God, you know, I really, I'm, I'm I'm actually really quite a good guy. I'm in a bit of trouble now, but you know, just a little bit of help from you and I, I I, I can make it." You know, you know, you know what I'm like. I'm a good guy. That you've gone the wrong way. You, You can't approach the throne of grace that way. You don't go to boast about yourself or brag about yourself. Nor, nor do we go, go, go to bargain or to buy. You know, God, if, if, if you'll do this for me, then I'll, I'll do this for, that for you. You know, I'll pay you back. If you'll help me out now, then, then I'll, you know, I'll see you right. That's the wrong approach. Absolutely, this is a throne of grace and mercy can't approach it bargaining or buying you don't even need to go to beg as if God is stingy or you're not sure whether he will meet you or whether he will open the door or whether he will uh, understand or whether he will be moved by your need he is rich in mercy you don't need to go to, to beg Please, 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 can I, can I twist your ear? Can I, can I pull on your heartstrings? Can I look at you with doleful dull, eyes and, and maybe move you to compassion? No, 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 no. This is a throne of mercy and grace. But God loves to meet us and bless us and help us. We do not need to go to beg, but rather we go boldly because we believe that God is gracious. And we believe that because we know Jesus, the outflowing of the mercy and grace and goodness of God. Now now this is so, so distinctive of Christianity. This this is God doing it for us, not just lecturing us and, and cajoling us and shouting at us, but coming alongside us to die for us, to rescue us, so he can pour out his grace and help upon us in our time of need. Can I just say a a little bit about that word help? It's already already there, great. This is a a very interesting word, this word help. It's only used twice, the Greek word, it's only used twice in the whole of the New Testament, as far as I can see. Once here, obviously, (laughs) And the other one in Acts, chapter 27, verses 15 to 17. And as I read this out... Hands up for supports, because that's the right one. Yes, supports is the word. It's the same word. Uh, In fact, in the old King James translation, it is uh, rendered helps. And this is what they did, apparently, chains. But when a ship was in danger of being smashed by the waves... They would put underneath the hull of the ship or chains to hold the thing together, to to reinforce it, to strengthen it so it wouldn't be destroyed by uh, to hold it together. Now, hey, can you see where I'm going with this? Does it remind you of a verse from the Old Testament? The eternal God is your dwelling place and underneath are the everlasting arms. And the, the Lord Jesus, who had stretched out his arms on the cross to bear your sin. Now, in your weakness, puts them underneath to hold you together. Help you, to make you strong, to carry you along. But it's um in time of need. In time of need. Those on that ship there in Acts chapter twenty seven, those ropes or chains or whatever they were were not there all the time. They were put there when they were needed. So as we look forward into another year, of well, is it going to be like last year? I hope not. <laughs> What's it going to bring? You might think, you might think, I don't know if I can face this. I don't feel strong enough to face some challenges that I think are coming along as I try to predict what this year is going to be. I don't feel strong enough. I don't feel capable. Well, you don't need to at the moment, do you? If you did, you wouldn't be going to the throne of grace, would you? For help in time of need. No, I'm okay. Face whatever whatever this year brings, whoa, bring it on. No, no, no. It was put there when it was needed. Put there when it was needed. What we need to remember to do is to hold fast to that faith that we say we believe in. Because we have it perfect, perfect saviour you couldn't invent a better one perfect, perfect saviour who actually did walk this earth who actually did stretch out his arms to bear our sin and we can approach him with real confidence how would he ever throw us out if he's done that for us And who can reach down with those arms underneath and hold us up and keep us strong and hold us together. Make sure, make sure, please, for today and for every day of this year and on beyond that for as long as the Lord may spare us. Hold on, hold on to this faith. So, if you haven't started, if you haven't started yet, you're looking for someone to believe in. You will not find someone better than the Lord Jesus Christ. You can't. Trust in Him. You won't find another way or a better way to get through life and into eternity forgiven, to be at peace with God forever. You will not find another way. Trust in Him now. Profess that faith now. And if you have it, to find grace, to find mercy in your time of need. Yes, pray. O oh Lord the oh Lord Jesus, what, what a wonderful world. from heaven to earth. Thank you for all he endured, for all he did, for all he bore, for all he still feels in relation to his sufferings. Help us to trust him, maybe for the first time. Help us to trust Him more than we did yesterday. Go forward in our faith, walking with Him day by day. Knowing that in those times of need, He will I Thank you, Heavenly Father, for Jesus. Amen.